afternoon, it's Dr. Charles Benz here, and you are on the Radio MD Network, and this podcast is entitled Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. And what I try to do is connect with one of my colleagues uh, every week and have a discussion about a upcoming or ongoing health challenge so that people can get current information about what works and what doesn't work for the prevention and treatment of chronic illness. And today's program is one of the ones that I've been actually presenting to CEOs across the uh, country for the last 15 years. It's called The Care and Feeding of the Brain. And I have about three or four of these topics that are listed on the Vistage International website. It's the largest CEO network in the world. And I'm telling you, it's the number one selected topic by the decision makers in these local CEO groups. And I think it's because you've got these executives and owners that are making money, they're doing successful work in their businesses, and they want to make sure that at the end of their lifetime, the last 20 years, they don't have some kind of debilitating brain issue that they have to deal with. And so I think that's why it has become the most popular of my presentations to the Vistage Group. And I now have developed a, a program that is available in uh, four half-hour videos and a workbook that... Uh, really tells everybody about how they can do a better job of preventing and treating chronic illnesses related to the brain because I don't think most people have a plan. And when I ask people, do you have a plan for how your brain's going to work in the future? Most people say, no, I'm just going to eat what I eat. So I think this will be a good topic, and that's why I've invited my friend John Barson in. John's been working with me for about 15 years now, and uh, he's got a magazine, Total Health Magazine, that has about 30 or 40 of my articles in there and a couple of them on the brain, actually. And so, hi, John. Yes. Good, to, good to have you on the program today. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I like this topic, uh, brain health. Well, it's funny because um, you and I have talked about the fact that people don't really plan for these things very much. And yet, uh, these executives, uh, of course, they like to do things uh, really quickly. So um, they, they want to know in a couple hours everything they need to do to have a healthy brain. Um, and they, they, they sort of get at that with the plan that I have. But the, the neat thing about it is when you look at the, uh, at the cover for this, um, this program, these are the things that are covered. ADD, ADHD, Alzheimer's, dementia. Uh, anxiety, depression, headaches, including migraines, menopause, Parkinson's, schizophrenia, smoking cessation, sleep disorders, and stress. And it's like, well, how can you have something for, for all of them? Well, because the brain needs what the brain needs. <laughs> and so if you feed the brain overall appropriately, then if you have a genetic predisposition or you have some toxins that are affecting your cells in a certain way that are leaning in this direction, or you have stress that's leading. In other words, we don't really know exactly 
what kinds of brain challenges a person will have. But we know that there are 90% of the things you need to eat are the same for the brain, no matter what you're trying to prevent. And that's what this program's all about. Yes, and then there are the uh, unintended consequences of being on other medications that impact the brain, statin drugs being a case in point. Yes, because if you, if you get then something that impacts um, a certain part of the brain and a certain pathway of one of the brain's protection categories or cat-cat pathways, then you'll get a manifestation of a thing that says, okay, you've got this genetic predisposition, you've got this pathway being affected by this medication, bingo, you're gonna end up with Parkinson's. And so it all depends on what factors are coming into play and what the combination of impacting factors are that lead you to one particular illness or another. So you can have a gene that kind of predisposes you to Alzheimer's, but it's only like 5% of the cases that might manifest in Alzheimer's. But if you know that you have this APOE gene, then at least you can take some preventative measures. And, and so, yes, we have these genetic indicators. We have these prescription medications that behave in a certain way by blocking certain pathways in the brain. And so, yeah, we can, we can dig down and find out what the root cause of it was, but isn't it better to find out all the things that you can do to even prevent those things from having a negative impact? Because that's what this, that's what this program is designed right. to do. Give your, give your brain cells some protection, okay? Well, it's a pretty important organ. Well, you know, it's interesting because it, it represents about 10% of the body weight, but it uses about 20 to 25% of all the energy in your, in that your body consumes every day. And people go, wow, why is that? Well, because that organ is working 24-7. Your brain is never really shut down. You can go to sleep at night, but guess what? That brain, those brain cells are still working. And so it's, it's one of those things where it needs a lot of energy. It needs a lot of glucose to drive those cells. And it needs a lot of specific nutrients. And in this particular uh, workbook that I have, there's a test. There's like 20 questions that you can ask, all right? And so like one of the questions is, do you run about out of energy in, in the middle of the morning, afternoon, or the evening on a regular basis? And so, you know, you answer your question and then you go down there, you know, the last question is, do you experience headaches or high blood pressure more frequently than you would like uh, almost daily, for example? And so then you get a score. And so this gives you an overall neurological condition score. And so now you can start to say to yourself, wait a minute, these questions are now pointing this person to some indicators that will say, uh, wait a minute, there's something special going on here. And so there is a, there's even a question about prescription medications. Do you currently take prescription medication of any kind? Question number 10. And so that was right on to the thing you were saying. And then alcohol and tobacco is involved. And so there's all kinds of things that can make the brain change the way that it behaves. And if you, if you don't get a kind of a beginning score of what your symptoms or your, pat, your, your behavior is, then you won't know where to begin your journey. No, that's a good point. I, I really like this questionnaire. 
it really it really makes you think you know one of the let's say uh several years ago i was in uh, with cat james uh, in costa rica and i was interviewing i was doing kind of a i was there on another trip with with um with cat but I had my own time, so I thought, well, I'll do some investigative um, journalism and look into like uh, dental tourism and health tourism. And so I interviewed several dentists, um, and one dentist said, "Well, look," he said, "You've got, you've got cavities, you've got mercury in your mouth. Let's take it out." So they took all my fillings out and replaced my mercury fillings with uh, a ceramic, some kind of ceramic stuff. Uh, it was amazing how I felt over the next few days. It's like I had a fog the whole time I was living in a fog. I had no idea. I had no idea. You didn't even realize it because it, it came on so slowly. That was your norm. That was my norm. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that, that's miraculous. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that we have, and it's funny that you would mention that, is that we have a number of tests that we recommend for people once they get down that first evaluation. If you have some things that seem like, oh, well, maybe we have some challenges here, you, you can do a heavy metals test. Well, guess what? Mercury is one of the things that you test for. And I remember Dr. Joe Pizzorno uh, saying to me that he had a patient that had the exact symptoms of Alzheimer's. Exact, I mean, 100% the same. And he did this test and he found out this guy had high mercury levels. He detoxified him, took out his cavity, his, uh, his fillings, but he detoxified him and all the symptoms went away. Every one of the other doctors said, oh yeah, he has Alzheimer's. Guess what? He had no Alzheimer's at all. He had heavy metal poisoning. And so we, we use C-reactive protein, which is an inflammation marker. We use homocysteine, which is a methylation marker uh, for B6, B12, and folic acid. We use an RBC magnesium test because the brain needs all this glucose going into the cells. Well, magnesium is the mineral that, that takes the glucose and oxygen and puts it into the brain cell. And there's a certain kind of magnesium, uh, L3-N8, that actually gets past the blood-brain barrier. And so people need to know that. And then we did another, we did another series called electrodermal screening where we, where we measure uh, your acupuncture points as to whether you have organs or systems that aren't working properly. So we have these tests, and so we have, we have the glucose tolerance test, we also have the glycomark test, we have the vitamin D3 test. So we have all these tests after, that's like step two, after you've done the, 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 the initial survey. And uh, then we have five pathways that we talk about, because you know, everything happens through pathways in the body. So there's a free radical pathway, there's a chronic inflammation pathway, there's a mitochondria dysfunction pathway, there's an, an endocrine system uh, pathway, endocrine imbalance pathway, and there's a hypomethylation pathway. So we talk about that, uh, those five pathways, to show people, wait a minute, there are certain tests that you can get in each of those pathways, and there are certain nutrients that can be used to kind of improve your ability to activate those pathways and stop doing those things that are detracting from the pathways or blocking them. And that's what prescription medicines do most of the time. They block one of these pathways. And what you want to do is you want to open those up. And so we usually recommend alter natural alternatives to these prescription medications and you know getting those pathways to be opened up again. So 
this is part of the book. I mean, I'm just, I'm literally turning the pages here of this workbook, <laughs> going through these different, going through these different in, in analysis. And I, I just think it's a fascinating document. Now, you use this with these uh, four half hour presentations that I've done. And uh, it, it, it really does make quite a difference when you understand how your brain works. And that's what the whole design of this program is to explain how the brain works, how a neurotransmitter works. And so we have a picture of a neurotransmitter and we actually say, okay, here's the neurotransmitter and here's the food that it needs. And here's how it jumps this gap from the neuron over to the neuron receptor. And this is what you need. This is interesting because if you're looking at radiation, uh, like the 5G thing, you actually have your neuron that becomes stiff because radiation's been around for, you know, since the beginning of time. But what they're doing with this uh, radiation through the uh, 5G and other uh, radiation uh, pathways is they're actually putting information on the, on the radio wave. This is what causes the problem because you, your brain looks at that and goes, wait a minute, we've only ever known radioactive waves from the sun that didn't have any information on it. And now you're loading on all this information. And so what your brain says is, wait a minute, this is a foreign, uh, foreign substance and we need to block it. And so they actually, the membrane actually becomes stiffer and, and, and shuts down the communication between the neurons. And that's when people start to say, wait a minute, I have this fog, this thing you're talking about or I have this other problem. And so this is how it's actually explained how these waves are different from the waves that we've known forever and ever uh, through the sun, which is you know the, the original source of radioactive waves. And so this is really, when people understand that, they go, oh my God. So what you're saying is, if I have my cell phone up against my ear all the time, I'm getting these waves with this information on it on a regular basis and my brain cells are going, we don't understand that. We don't like that. We're going to, we're going to make your cells stiff to protect them against this wave. I don't know how many people understand that, but that's, that's one of the main problems with these radioactive waves that are out there. Information. It's all, it's all about the difference between a non-information based wave and an information based. Well, wave. I, you know, I, I, there must be something to that because uh, well, mind you, uh, I'm camping right now. I'm, I'm RVing and I'm out of I'm, my cell coverage is very, very spotty. No Internet. Um, I'm out in the valley and uh, I cannot believe how well I'm sleeping. I can I'm, I've got energy all day long. Um, I mean, before I was out doing this, I was always tired in the afternoon. I always have to have an afternoon nap. But uh, now I've got tons of energy. And I'm way more productive <laughs> being outside of the electromagnetic radiation sphere of the town. Well, it's funny because, uh, well, not funny, but they took 100 autism patients and they took them out of the city into an isolated place, just like you're talking about, where there was really minimal uh, waves uh, available. Every one of those autistic patients got better, not 100% better, 
because there's many, many factors that can influence autism. But every one of them improved within a couple of weeks because they weren't being bombarded by these radioactive waves. And so we know that there's an impact like that. I mean, you've got your anecdotal experience. Here's this study of 100 autistic kids where they had the same experience getting away from these radioactive waves. And the next thing in our, in our little book that we talk about is how do you make neurotransmitters? I mean, I, I asked that to people, you know, what, what do you think you're eating that will help you to make neurotransmitters to, re, you know, make them healthier and make them work the way they're supposed to? No idea. You need amino acids. And you need amino acids combined with B6, B12, and folic acid in order to make a hormone or a neurotransmitter. And so if you don't have the right combination of those things, then you're going to have a challenge with your brain cells and your hormone levels in your body. So we have, a, we have a little graph of that in the workbook that says amino acids plus methylators, B6, B12, folic acid. Then you have to take into consider aging and uh, the pH in the body and the temperature in the body and the dosage of each of those things. And then you times that times energy. You have to have energy to make this whole process works. And then bingo, your body makes hormones. Your body makes neurotransmitters. So if you don't know the basic chemistry of how your body makes hormones and neurotransmitters, how can you ever expect to be able to eat according to your needs in terms of your brain and your hormones? It just can't happen. Well, I'm just looking at the analysis here on common nutritional deficiencies. So we've got 14 illnesses here and essential nutrients like vitamin B was found deficient in 14 out of 14 illnesses, vitamin C 14 out of 14 illnesses, amino acids 13 out of 14. Uh, do you see a trend here? Magnesium 12 out of 14, calcium 12 out of 14, vitamin E 13 out of 14, omegas 3s and 6s we touched on earlier 12 out of 14 and zinc 12 out of 14. So. You, that's magical, John. I mean, uh, you, you, you zeroed in on that because I did that chart. That was my own meta-analysis. In other words, I didn't have anything that I had seen that was similar to this. And so I looked at several hundred studies. And that's what you do when you do a, a meta-analysis. You look at many other studies and you see whether there's something emerging from that research that gives you an input, an insight into what's going on. And over those 200 plus studies that I did, those, those things came out over and over and over again to the point where you're right. Some of them were 14 out of 14 deficiencies. Some of them were 13 or 12. But, you know, the ones that were, uh, that were consistent were consistent because the brain needs what the brain needs. And it needs vitamin B because... Like I just explained, without B6 and B12 and folic acid, you can't even make a neurotransmitter. And so when people see how easy it is to put these pieces together and say, wow, we know exactly what each of these does. Vitamin C is an antioxidant. It protects free radical damage in the brain. Vitamin E is an antioxidant. It protects free radical damage in the brain. Zinc helps the cell replacement process. So each one of these has something specific that is, it does. Magnesium helps the energy levels in the brain. And so each one of these has a role to play and that's why they're needed. 
you, 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 you cannot deny the need for these things. And so this was one of the more interesting studies that I think I ever, I ever conducted uh, to find out what these deficiencies were. Well, I like too how uh, you followed up with uh, the food sources for the deficiencies. So um, a whole list of uh, where you can get the supplements based on diet. But you also point out, and I point this out often too, um, today is not, not the same as it was 50 years ago. The soil has been stripped um, of nutrients by really bad farming practices. Um, you point out food is picked way too early to allow it to ship better so it lasts longer. Um, it's processed food. Most people people are eating mostly processed food, which removes 80% and more of the nutrients. Uh, food is overcooked. I'm eating a lot more raw, um, a lot of raw salads, like just salads, celery, broccoli. I'm trying to eat my vegetables raw now. Um, I cut back on the cauliflower, thanks to that warning from you. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, no well, more raw cauliflower. We, we, we even have, as the next step in our little process here, a food, uh, a brain food check, it's called. And there's five categories of foods. And so we have glucose, we have fat check, we have the phospholipid check, we have the amino acid check, and we have the uh, intelligent nutrient check, which is all the vitamins and minerals. And so there's about 10 or 12 questions in each of those categories. And, and this was done by Patrick Holford, uh, who's a nutritionist in England. And he developed this, uh, this evaluation. And so people can end up with an actual score, which will say, wait a minute, if you have uh, low glucose levels, you're gonna end up with fatigue, irritability, insomnia, depression, poor concentration. If you have, uh, say, low fats, uh, these essential fatty acids, the omegas, if you have low EFAs, you're going to have inflammation, high blood pressure, headaches, dementia. So each one of them has a list of symptoms that will uh, they'll experience if they actually have shortages of these. So now we're able to give people an idea, wait a minute, I know where my deficiencies are coming from. Because these are the symptoms I have. This is with my low score. Oh boy, look, a matchup. <laughs> and so... They know what they need to do from a kind of a specific nutrient category point of view. But if you go further along, uh, John, you'll see that there's a test that people can get. And this is a test that I developed a few years ago. Well, actually, 10 or 15 years ago. The food value chart. Are you able to see that one? Where there's food put into like 10 different categories? Um, hang on one second here. Um, <laughs> this is a... A very, very thorough uh, document. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go over it as you find it, because here's the key. I said to myself, people often say, well, you know, we're going to put these foods into three categories. These are really, really healthy. These are okay, and these are bad. And I looked at that, and I went, that's absurd. There can't be just three basic categories of foods. That's not the way the body works. The body's more complicated than that. So... I looked at, 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 at the 200 foods that people eat the most and need the most, and I put them into these 10 categories. And I said, basically, if you're eating foods in category 10, you're getting the highest nutrients possible known to any, any study that was ever, ever done. And so those are your great foods, like your cabbage and your broccoli. 
and your onions and your sprouts and your asparagus and your salmon and your kale and your almonds. These are foods that are like super filled with nutrients. Then I went to category nine and the nine foods were, you know, they, they, they were better than the normal foods, but they weren't as good as the 10 ones. And so it was cherries and, and, and carrots and cod and halibut and, you know, pears and, and uh, zucchini and things like that. So they were great. They were, they were, they were good. Then I went to category eight and now it's a whole, you know, each, each one gets a little bit less wonderful in terms of the nutritional value. So this is where we'd have farm raised uh, salmon instead of fresh caught salmon. Okay, we'd have that in category eight. And um, people still eat farm raised salmon? Yeah, well, you know, I think they do. Uh, it's, uh, it's less expensive than the other and sometimes more available than the other. But I then went down and did all 10 categories. And I'll give you an idea what categories one and two has in it. Categories one, margarine, uh, aspartame, so soda pop, diet pop, pastries, fast foods, pies, <laughs> donuts, lard, hydrogenated fat, sugar, fried foods, hard liquor, uh, beef bacon, pork bacon, high fructose corn syrup, corn oil, and palm oil. So those are category one, right? And so what I basically did is I said to people, if you can get 80% of your foods being eaten from categories 7, 8, 9, and 10, you are going to be one healthy person. And do you know in the last 15 years, maybe with 500 or 1,000 people taking this test, only two or three people ever got above 80? And so this, remember the first category, I, the first analysis I did was with the five categories of foods. That gave them a general idea. Now they're getting a specific idea of what foods not to eat. And so then I said, well, this is where your shopping list is. You should not even shop for any foods that aren't on seven, eight, nine, and 10. Now, if you're gonna cheat, cheat in categories five and six. Don't cheat in categories one, two, and three, and four. And so I would say to people, take a food that you're eating now in category one, two, three, and four, find a substitute for it in category seven, eight, nine, or 10. And so an example would be regular milk, cow's milk. All right, so what's the category? That's a category four. So you wanna to go to seven. Okay, wait a minute, we'll get goat's milk or sheep's milk better less hormones, less pesticides. And then we want to go to eight or nine. Oh, well, that's going to be soy milk or rice milk or coconut milk, the plant-based milks, okay? So- Oat milk. Uh, exactly. My new favorite. Exactly. And so hamburgers are like category two. Well, how do you get, well, you can do a turkey burger. Turkey burger is like a seven. Or you can do a veggie burger. That's like eight or nine. And so we're looking for ways to take foods from these low categories and move them over into a higher category so that after two or three months of making these changes, you'll end up with a score in the 80s or higher because the, the top score would be 100. And, and so we want, um, we want you to take all the foods you eat on a regular basis and make a check mark on them and then give them a, a, a numerical value. And so once you do that, uh, you can end up with 
seven, eight, and nine is 80 and, and, and more percent of your foods are from uh, those, those seven, those the four categories. And then the other 20% is in categories one through six. So anyway, they liked it. People really liked it because it was very, very specific about what they needed to eat in order to make sure their brain was working at top capacity. So this was, this was something that I did, again, on my own uh, because I didn't like the way that the, the, the other rating categories for food were, were, were working. They weren't working. They weren't doing what they needed to do to get people to really be healthy. No, the recommended daily allowance is, I, I, I prefer to call it, it's, for me, it's really dangerous advice. RDA. <laughs> well, that's 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 what Patrick Holford based a lot of his uh, evaluations on because he looked at the recommended daily allowance for a lot of these key nutrients, and then he he worked with a bunch of scientists that said, wait a minute, recommended daily allowance is really the minimal daily allowance, not the optimal daily allowance. So he also has a thing called the ODA, the optimal daily allowance. And so in this chart, which is a little bit older now, because uh, they, 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 we originally did this chart like four years ago, five years ago, when the vitamin C levels were 60. Now they're 90, 90 uh, milligrams uh, per day. But at that point, what we knew was even at 60, you might be able to prevent scurvy, but you wouldn't be able to prevent anything else <laughs> because all the scientists were saying you needed at least... 2,000 milligrams a day in order to prevent cancer and uh, heart disease and all the other uh, chronic illnesses. And so we have the RDA and then we have the ODA. But what we did, we compared what the average American diet has in it compared to the ODA. So in this case, it was vitamin D or vitamin C and the average diet had 200 milligrams a day the, uh, the requirement was 2,000 a day, so there was a 90% deficiency of most people. And what, what does vitamin C do? Vitamin C actually neutralizes the free radicals that cause heart damage, which causes plaque in the body. What's the number one disease in the country? Heart disease. And so if people ate enough vitamin C, there wouldn't be any heart disease because it's all caused by free radicals that do damage in the arteries because there's a missing electron. The, all these free radicals in the body are toxins and foods that are missing an electron. And when they're missing an electron like that, then the body has to find that electron. And they, they, what they do is they steal it from one of your healthy cells. And then you have a, like a little gap in your, in your artery well, wait a minute, uh, the body doesn't like that. It doesn't like to have potholes. We call it the, arte the arterial pothole. And so what does it do? It sends a message to the liver and the liver goes, oh, we know how to fill that. We'll fill that with some cholesterol. And so it goes over to that artery, puts a little patch on it of cholesterol. And then when the body brings uh, calcium along, it hardens it a little bit, brings fat along, it, it protects it a little bit. So the next thing you know, you have plaque building up. But if you had vitamin C in your body, when that free radical was around, instead of stealing an electron from your healthy cell, they would, vitamin C would give you the extra electron that they have.
Vitamin C has an extra electron. And so we know that people in their 80s and 90s that have been taking high levels of vitamin C have zero plaque in their bodies. There's no other reason, there's no other correlation than the fact that they maintained a diet over many, many years of high vitamin C. That to me is pretty solid evidence. And plaque builds up in the brain. Plaque builds up in the, in, 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 in the, in the brain. And now we know that uh, in Alzheimer's patients that are given uh, fair, fairly high levels of curcumin, they can get 50% of that plaque in the brain reduced. We didn't know that 20 years ago, but new research is coming out all the time. And so we know that you know Dale Bredesen uh, developed this whole protocol for reversing Alzheimer's. In his book, The End of Alzheimer's, was a New York Times bestseller, but guess what? The doctors still aren't using it. And he, he, he identified 38 different things that impacted the body, the brain, in order to have Alzheimer's happen. And he tried to address every one of those 38 things in his protocol. And in a little test, a small test of 10 people, nine out of the 10 people had a reversal of cognitive challenge significant reversal of cognitive challenge with that particular program. And now you can buy his program online. Doctors, thousands of doctors are using the protocol, but the mainstream media is still looking for the magic bullet for Alzheimer's. There's no magic bullet because he needed 38 different nutrients in order to make sure that all the bases were covered. And so, Anybody that has cognitive challenges, I recommend The End of Alzheimer's as a book to read because you're gonna find out stuff about how your brain works that you never, you never imagined. So I don't know whether you've had any people in your life that have had dementia or Alzheimer's, but boy, it's, it's a devastating disease. I, I have one of my best friends uh, for 25 years. He's been one of my best friends and now he doesn't know who he is. Yeah, and uh, they can't even they can't even figure out what it is. They don't know whether it's Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, or whether it's uh, Lewy body or whether it's ALS. They they don't know what it is, and they don't know how to treat it. So they're just giving up. They're just sticking him in a home and saying, you know, good luck. And to me, uh, that's totally unnecessary when you know that there's programs out there like the Bredesen protocol that actually have been able to treat treat Alzheimer's now, mild to moderate. But the one case that they didn't, re it didn't respond to, it was a really advanced case of Alzheimer's. And so this speaks to the point of early detection, doesn't it? It certainly does. And uh, <clears throat> it, it just amazes me how many uh, therapies that have been developed and successfully on a smaller scale that are just not investigated. They're, I mean, what's the National Institutes of Health function in all of this, right? They're supposed to be making, uh, looking out for people and helping people improve their health, yet um, the life expectancy has gone down, uh, hasn't gone down this, this badly since uh, World War II. Yeah, actually, I think it's it's going down two years. We thought that it was going to be the generation um, born after the year 2000. That's when they were saying that that generation born after the year 2000 was going to be the first generation in the history of mankind 
that uh, would have a decline in their life expectancy. But guess what? Their parents, their parents are the first generation. And uh, that's a shock. It's something to do with COVID, but not, not a significant amount. And uh, I just think that's, uh, that's catastrophic because we know that not only have there been many uh, tests and, and, and evaluations to say that we could have lived, we could live to 120 years. There's a new one out from last week that said they have now evidence that people can live for 150 years. <laughs> and, and people say, I don't want to live that long. Uh, I can only imagine what I'll look like and what I'll feel like. Well, guess what? <laughs> In Japan, 400% more people live over the age of 100 in Japan than the United States. 400% more. Why is that? It's what they eat. Well, and they're well, they're healthier. It's not that they're they're old and 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 uh, of poor health. They're 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 healthy over a hundred. Well, there's one. There was a there was a whole uh, whole book written on the Okinawa diet. All right, and two brothers, two doctors uh, had, had had done this Okinawa diet thing, and they had case studies of guys that were like 105 and 110 years old. They get up in the morning, they garden a little bit, they go up and fix their roof, and they bicycle down to the city to get some uh, supplies and stuff and come back and do another set of work around the house. I mean, <laughs> these, these guys are miracles, you know, they're 105 and 110 years old, and they're still doing all the things they did when they were 30 and 40 and 50. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's not necessary to be decrepit and, and in poor health. Um, you know, you want all the end of end of years health to be good health, but there's there's nobody working on it, and uh, that's why this. Uh, and so at the end of this workbook, this is the cool part. It says my brain health plan. All right, and so here's the goals for my plan. Here's the survey results and 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 what I need to concentrate on. Uh, here's the brain food check. Here's the things that I need to improve on, on my glucose check and my fat check and my phospholipid check and my amino acid check and my intelligent nutrient check. And so step by step, it has everything, every tool that we're using, you then incorporate into your brain health plan. And so you can actually end up with a document, two or three page document that says, here's all the stuff I'm going to do. And then you can decide, you know, what exercise you're going to do, uh, what physical exercise, what brain exercise, how you're going to improve your sleep, how you're going to detoxify, how you're going to get rid of some of the inflammation that's going on in your body, how you can reduce stress. I mean, uh, how you can reduce your prescription medications and what, what things are safe to take their place. So there's a whole program here, and anybody that wants to do it, it's available on our website. I think it's like $69.00. And you can have this whole program, and you can work out all the details. And we even have a whole chapter on symptoms. What symptoms do you have? Now, I, we're, to, we're talking about Alzheimer's and, and dementia and, and uh, later stage uh, conditions, but I want to also make a point uh, for uh, younger people listening, especially if you're in school. Um, think about your brain. Think about how to feed your brain so that you can fly through school. Um, through university, and uh, you'll just be so much better off. Um, I remember once somebody gave me some advice, or I got advice on one of my ra old radio shows back in the 80s, um, something like, uh, if you're studying for a test and you're drinking a lot of coffee, 
um, then drink a lot of coffee when you take the test. So replicate the um, your state of mind um, when you're studying and, and, and doing tests. And the, But this makes me realize, or I have realized, that it's all about diet. It's all about getting rid of that brain fog that I got rid of with my, with my um, feelings getting taken out. And I eat pretty well, but then I've been reading your books for many years. So I'm sort of obligated to follow the path. <laughs> well, I, I think that's, uh, that's admirable and I appreciate that. But you're right, because now we have tests that, that have shown that if, if, if kids aren't eating the right foods, they can actually have a reduction of their IQ by over 10%. I mean, who wants to, who wants to have their kid challenged? I mean, we're not we're not just thinking about end of age. You're you're, you're so right about this, because we even have, uh, interestingly enough, uh, when Dale Bredesen did his Alzheimer's book, he then connected with a guy named David Perlmutter, and David Perlmutter uh, was a, a a natural brain uh, doctor, brain neurologist uh, in Naples, Florida, and I used to send people to him all the time. He actually has a book in there that he has done that shows how to improve the, the health and the brain health of your child from ages zero to five. And, and, and I think it's called something like a healthy child by age five or something like that. So David Perlmutter, I mean, this book was amazing because it gave, it gave young mothers the opportunity to look at this book and say, okay, I wanna optimize my child's potential for, for being excellent in school and then following on with being excellent in whatever work or career that they have they have decided to go through. And I just think it's an amazing book. I mean, this guy was so way ahead of his time, this Dr. Perlmutter, he wrote that book like 10 or 15, probably 15 or more years ago. And it's just an amazing book. I, I, it, I hope it's been updated, but even if it hasn't, it's still got relevant information and it can be used all the time. So, my, my target has more, more or less been the, the 20 to, to, to 70 or 60 year olds. And uh, Bredesen's been more in the 60 older group with the Alzheimer's. And Perlmutter, in, in part of his life, he was concentrating on the younger people. So we've had doctors and researchers working on this for a long, long time. We just can't seem to get the mainstream media interested in it and Daniel Amen who is a really famous brain doctor he pointed out a couple oh a decade or two ago that psychiatry is the only form of medicine that doesn't study and, and evaluate the organ that it deals with <laughs> so they don't they don't do any actual evaluation so uh, Amen came up with this blood test all right, and he was—he did this because he was working in the military, and they were having traumatic stress syndrome and all this other stuff going on, and they were having athletes like boxers and football players that were having damaged brains. Anyway, he had a daughter that had a a neurological problem, and he thought, well, you know, she might, um, she she might progress to be a fairly normal person, but guess what? He developed this test basically to help her, I think. And he did this test of where the blood was flowing and where it wasn't flowing as well in the body, found out what her problems were, and now she has a PhD in, in neurology. 
<laughs> so he didn't even think that she would get into college. So now he's treating these military people and these athletes by doing this brain, uh, this blood test. So he has three or four centers around the country where he does these evaluations and then gives people a personalized program to improve their brain health based on whatever damage or whatever problems have been created by that, by that person's lifestyle or that person's habits. And so there's these brilliant doctors out there like Perlmutter and, and Bredesen and Amen that are doing all this great work on the brain. And we're just not taking advantage of it, John. And so all I am is a kind of a communicator. I'm a researcher and a communicator, and I connect with people like you to help get that communication and that knowledge out there. I mean, we're just foot soldiers. Uh, these, these guys are the real, they're the, they're the real creators in this. And some of us has, just have to help carry the load and get it out there for people. And I hope, I hope that's what we did today anyway. Well, one last thing I want to recommend uh, for new parents, um, if you really want to get started at the right, at the right point in time, uh, get Perlmutter's book, uh, Raise a Smarter Child by Kindergarten. So he talks about uh, you can raise a child's IQ by up to 30 points. 30 points. So think about that. If you could get your kid up 30 points, yes. Yeah, I, I, I think it's actually shocking that, that when the hospitals uh, have a newborn, uh, the mother should get a little package, all right? And it should be all the things that that, that child should be eating uh, in, their, in their formative years. And uh, they, they, they're just not doing it. The, the medical profession has really dropped the ball on this. And I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. There's lots to be done. And I hope that we get this transformation going on getting functional medicine more incorporated into the allopathic medicine and because that's where the science is. 80% uh, of the science that is shown to benefit the human body in terms of prevention for brain-related things, cancer, all of these chronic illnesses is based on functional medicine. And allopathic medicine only has science for about 20% of what they do. And so this is a broken medical model that we really need to start to improve and I hope that today we've given a little bit of a kind of a tick up uh, for the listeners to say, wait a minute, uh, we can help to spread the word. Because I think, I don't know, I hope people just aren't kind of taking the information in and just using it for their own benefit. I hope they're sharing it with other people. And I get that a lot from, from some of the listeners who say, I make sure I sent these links out to my neighbors and my friends and my family to make sure that everybody's getting as much of this information as they can. And then if they, they get on a really good idea, then they start to spread that good idea around. And so that to me is how we can get the multiplier effect here, uh, John, by not just doing it for the several hundred or thousand people that might be right. involved in our podcast, but making sure that that, that multiplies 10 and 20 times so that more people are getting it. We can only hope. Well, I think we're, we can only hope, and uh, yeah, hope is everything. It's really interesting. I, I had uh, somebody that was a COVID patient that uh, contacted me from uh, England yesterday, and she also had MS, and so I gave her a whole protocol for MS and a whole protocol to treat the COVID, and she also had Lyme, so I gave her the protocol for Lyme, and um, I guess I talked to her for about 35, 40 minutes, she said, you've given me more hope in the last 30 minutes 
than I've had from the medical profession for the last 10 years of my struggles. And she said, I, I, I can't thank you enough. I mean, I, I know that all this stuff makes so much sense. I just, she said, I just wonder why more doctors aren't paying attention to this because I've had lots of pain and lots of problems and I just haven't been able to find anybody. I was so glad that I found your article on COVID and now I find out you have all these other things that you can help me with. And so when I hear that from somebody, I just feel so good that uh, I've made that connection and helped that person because I know that's going to be someone that will help many other people with the same with the right. same information. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, just one quick anecdote. I had the same issue with my, I had a problem with my knee. Um, got some advice from an ND. Uh, I passed that advice on. I've passed that advice on to... I don't know, many, many dozens of people, and they spread it, it and they spread it, so. Well, I'd like to take this chance to thank our sponsors. We have four wonderful sponsors that help to make this show possible. Uh, DHA Laboratories is one of our sponsors, and they're also a company that I work with to help my uh, get my tests out there that I have for, I have wellness tests, I have immune function tests, I have brain tests, I have cancer tests, and I wouldn't work with any other company with DHA Labs because they've been doing these kind of early warning, early cellular repair kinds of testing for 60 years. And they started out in the brain area with people like uh, Linus Pauling, uh, who really started the whole orthomolecular psychiatry movement in the 50s and 60s. And so uh, DHA Labs has a wonderful series of tests on many, many different things. So you just go to their website and put in the test uh, category that you're interested in, and I'm sure they'll have one. And then they'll also refer you to a doctor, and the doctor will be able to verify that that's the kind of test you need. That service is free as part of their service uh, in the company. And so I think it's really good that you don't have to go to a separate doctor to get these tests recommended. You can get them on my website. So I, I have a, heart, a new heart test that we developed uh, as well that can, can give you some early warning signals of, of some pending heart conditions that you might be looking at in the future. And uh, another company is Paddock Pools. Paddock Pools has a vacuum extractor that takes chlorine gas off the surface of the pool so that you can breathe uh, uh, healthier oxygenated water whenever you're swimming. And they've, been, they've done studies and shown that they can get 95% of that chlorinated gas off the, sur uh, the surface of that pool so that you're really going to be breathing really highly oxygenated water when you do your exercise and your swimming. And so it doesn't matter whether it's a 2-year-old or a 20-year-old or a 60-year-old, uh, you want to have good oxygen going into your lungs when you're doing your swimming. And so paddock pools in, uh, in Rock Hill, South Carolina, if you have a project and you need to get uh, some information, just call up Don Baker, the CEO there, and uh, he'll be glad to help you to, to, put, to put the specs in to get this equipment included in your pool project. Another one is MPB Health. MPB Health is a medical cost sharing company, and they're unique because, you know, with the cost of healthcare going up the way it is, and with these insurance companies only dealing with more or less allopathic medicine, uh, there's nobody out there really touting the, the wellness community in their insurance programs, but MPB Health does. And so they support our artificial intelligence platform, our, our educational programs. 
They do a lot of things because if they can drive down the cost of the healthcare services that they that their members need, then they're able to make sure that they can provide this service at 30 to 50% less than health insurance traditionally does. So MPB Health is really, really good in that area. And then we've got Suncoast uh, Financial Planning Services in Sarasota, Florida. And yeah, they do wealth planning, but they also do health planning in terms of all the workshops and materials that uh, we share with them and they share with their members. And so, you know, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And so if you, if you have a good wellness plan, but you don't have a good well health plan, then, you know, what's, what's the point? You really won't be able to enjoy it the way you really should. So if you've worked hard and you, and you have some assets that you'd like to have invested in a really uh, conscientious way, then uh, this, is, this is the company in Sarasota. Uh, Suncoast uh, uh, Financial Planning. And I think that uh, you'll find that Mark Wolf will be able to help you, guide you through that process really, really well. So those are our four sponsors. We really thank them. We thank our listeners uh, for all their dedication and all their ideas that they share with us from time to time. And of course, I thank my good friend and colleague, John Barson from Total Health Magazine. And uh, take a look at his his site because we've got... Uh, a couple of new things in there. We've got the, uh, the, the new uh, cardiovascular disease program that we've just published. And uh, I think that's the most comprehensive uh, cardiovascular uh, damage repair program that's ever been developed. And so that's one that's the new one. And in, in earlier in 2021, we had the COVID repair program. And uh, that's proven to be probably the most successful COVID uh, long haul repair program in the world. I don't know of anybody else, Dr. Fauci included, who's helped and cured as many people with long haul COVID than we have. And now we're finding out that 30% of all COVID patients are becoming long haulers. Yes. John, this is something we're gonna have to talk about because this is gonna be a crisis for the healthcare system in the next five to 10 years. Absolutely. So we'll be on to that. We, we, we don't let these things go. We go after them and uh, we'll make our impact as much as we can. Thanks again, John. And we'll check you out the next time we get online. All right, take care. Bye.